Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, and today I'm going to review the 92nd Academy Awards, also known as the 2020 Oscars. Now, before I move on to the Oscars review today, I am not doing this episode alone. Today, on this episode, I will be doing the review with on-air personality student of Pitmix 88.9 FN, Randall Be Becker. Well, thank you for inviting me. I always appreciate a good, warm introduction. I feel like we should always support our podcasters here at Hitmix. We don't see you behind the mic. I, I find that very disappointing, but you know what? I can't say anything like that. This might be as opinionated as I need it to be, but you know what, Kodo? I appreciate you. Oh, thank you very much, Riando. I, I appreciate that, too. Oh, by the way, thank you for uh, texting me out on... Uh, Thank you for texting me out on the on whether I was going to do a review on the Oscars. Well, I had to call you out. See, you're honestly my uh, my jogging white noise, as I like to call it. <laughs> I can easily binge you. You're 24 minutes. It's very concise, usually extremely objective, sometimes a little bit too objective. <laughs> and I can just listen to you. And you've gotten a lot better over the last 14 episodes. And I'm glad that I can help grandstand for your 15th episode. Oscars 92. Am I right? Woot, woot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, uh, on Sunday, February 9th, 2020, the Academy of Motion Pictures and Sciences, is that, how we, is, that, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So they just had their 92nd anniversary of the Oscars, or the Academy Awards, I should say. There are so many films that have been nominated slash won the Oscar, depending on what categories they're in. So, with many different categories this year, Oscars, the Oscars this year was pretty interesting because we had a lot of great films being nominated for many categories, like, as always, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Makeup, Visuals, Music Director, and even Best Picture, obviously. Oh, it's quite astounding. We have close to 40 movies being nominated for Oscars here. A lot of content to go through. I know I only saw about a handful of them. Same goes for you, I assume? Uh, yes, even even though there may be some films that I have not seen that are nominated this year for, for the Academy Award. But, but, anyway, uh, but anyway, I did uh, list out some films that I have seen already. Most notably, uh, Joker, Ford vs. Ferrari, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, 1917, Toy Story 4, How to Train Your Dragon 3, and I am pretty sure I am missing some... Oh, wait. Avengers Endgame. Absolutely. I think everyone see a, has seen Avengers Endgame. Finally just took over that Avatar position, right? It did, yes, at the box office. Highest grossing. And this Oscar is going to be real exciting this whole season. We got a lot of Netflix exclusives and streaming exclusives. Right, like... Uh Irishman, The Irishman by Martin Scorsese. We got The Irishman, uh, Two Popes, plenty of others. A lot of the short film entrance and documentary entrance are actually completely on Netflix. It's almost complete. It's dominating, actually. Yeah, it's like Netflix is dominated this year. Yeah, I think a year and a half ago, Spielberg even said that streaming isn't real cinema. It's not real movies. It just doesn't count. Really? You don't remember that? I might not remember that. Oh, no. See, this is uh, when he was making Ready Player One and a couple of other movies. He just made an offhanded comment. I'm sure it was just offhanded as well, it was, but he said that the Oscars was being, and even like last year it was in contention, about the idea of uh, Netflix and streaming movies 
having a little bit too much power. Ooh. Is that really true? Did that actually really happen? Because it's when you look at the politics of it, right? Oh, Because they right, pay right. for it. They can pay as much money as they want. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only reason why the new Star Wars is on here, too. Right. And not to mention, uh, Star Wars was also nominate, nominated for uh, three Academy Awards, although those, those, those categories did not win the Oscar. Although, to be fair, though, uh, to be fair, fair though, uh, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. I mean, it's like... It's like the other two films and the in the in yeah. the prequels didn't even win the win those Oscars. Yeah, yeah. It's even though because because the original Star Wars came out in 1977, became one of the biggest films of that time, mm-hmm. and it's still to this day, Star Wars is the greatest film franchise of all time. Oh yeah, I think it's the dead set reality of the Oscars being as political as they are. But I feel like this might actually be one of the fairest years we've seen. Right, and. Uh, I know this year's uh, this year or no wait uh, last year last year 2019 2019 I know a lot of people were split on episode nine because I think the reason why is because like it's it's just basically the reception of the last Jedi and uh, the recent Han Solo movie. Now don't get me wrong I I love I love Star Wars despite the flaws it has. Yeah, I love this tangent as well. I just realized I might have thrown us a little bit off course here. Yeah, okay. I'll try and re-steer us towards okay, the let's Oscars. Right, re- let's re-steer to, towards the Oscars. Anyway, yes, Why Star Wars Episode Nine was nominated for three Academy Awards, although they didn't win. But on uh, on a side note, on a side note, uh, on, on a side note, uh, it seems seems pretty. Uh, it's, it's still it's still. But still, still I, I get it. Star Wars is epic. We'll move right on over. Why don't we start with that first category? Actor in a leading role. Actor in a leading role. That's what. That's I mean, right. That's no, did that's I say light? I, I feel like Sure, you said you said a, a definitely said you definitely mentioned a hue. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, I That's fine. I, I'm a stutter. I accidentally stutter at No, times. it's all that's good. That's it's just creative. basically me. But anyway, why so serious? Absolutely. Now, that wasn't the, the same Joker, but we did actually see Joaquin Phoenix take the win, with directed by Todd Phillips, Joker. That is right. And here's the thing. When I went to see that movie back in 2019, oh, by the way, by the way, uh, if you guys want to check out my review of the Joker, please, uh, please, please check that out. Please go check that out. It's on, it's on the 2019 section. I... I actually forgot what episode that that was, but I think it might be the one titled Joker Review. Oh yes, yes. I think it's a title Joker Review. So if you guys want to check out my my review of the Joker of 2019's Joker, please go check that out. Yes. We had some strong contenders. Leo Leonardo DiCaprio could have taken another one. Uh, we had Adam Driver, Jonathan Price, and Antonio Banderas, all from very strong movies with Marriage Story, that Netflix exclusive, very powerful character driven. In addition with Leonardo DiCaprio's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a movie I actually thought was going to take this category. Now, uh, now here's the thing with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, I like I said, I really, really love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Although, wait, wait a minute. I, yeah, yeah. I really, really enjoy Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sharing up your opinions, I see. Yeah, I know, I know. But here's the thing. I didn't think Leonardo DiCaprio would have won. Although, that is a basically a huge competition. With these actors, uh, with the actors being nominated, nominated for best acting leads, that is that is a huge competition. You get actors like Leonardo DiCaprio, Joaquin Phoenix, Antonio Banderas, Jonathan Price, 
and Adam Driver. Surprisingly, I'm just as surprised as Adam Driver because this is—he mm-hmm. was nominated in 2018 for Black Klansman, but in a Best Supporting Actor role. Oh yeah, all three main characters from Marriage Story actually got nominated. We had Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, and. Laura Dern, which actually did end up winning hers for supporting actress, but we'll get to that in just a bit. Right. Now, Joaquin Phoenix, I knew right out of the gate that Joaquin Phoenix will win Best Actor. Oh, absolutely. Because when you take a step back and look at this category in terms of which actor brought the most to it, it would be Joaquin Phoenix. Right, exactly. And when I actually saw the Joker movie, Joaquin Phoenix was amazing. I I can tell how amazing he was in that role. And and on on a side note, you can relate to this character because here's the reason why. We we can we can relate to this character because he had a struggled life. He he was uh he was uh he was poked fun of. He oh was yeah. They captured a visceral sense of like an early 1970s, 60s. Is that the aesthetic of Gotham? 80s. 1980s for Gotham and about what was going on with unionization. And even though the setting itself was a character, and I feel like that was true for all five of the movies that were nominated, Joaquin Phoenix absolutely made the Joker, took it from what I thought originally would be a six all the way up to a solid eight. Mm -hmm. Now, here's my opinion. This is my just this is just my opinion. Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix's take on the Joker won't top Heath Ledger's Joker. That is just my opinion. Yes. Now, I, I love Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix's take on the Joker. They both, they both portrayed the Joker in their own take. And Absolutely. And. See, how I view it, right, with Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger works very well as an ensemble piece. He's a good ensemble Joker, but if we're looking at Joaquin Phoenix and if he actually does show up in the DCU, I don't know if he can go up against (laughs) Batman, but he was really interesting. Definitely parodied, funny enough to mention Martin Scorsese's, but Taxi Driver. Right, right. Right, because uh, there are some... There were there are actually a few connections to Martin Scorsese's films in the Joker, particularly uh, Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. King of, Com- King of Comedy. That's what it was. Yeah. I totally forgot what his other film was because Robert De Niro's character in the Joker is a, is a connection is a connection to uh, one of Martin Scorsese's films, which um, was uh, King oh, of Comedy. King King of Comedy. So and uh, speaking of Martin Scorsese. He, his film Irishman was also nominated for uh, best picture. Plus Robert Robert did, did Robert De Niro get nominated that year too for Irishman or I don't know if he ended up getting a nomination. I know, we'll Al Pacino, I know Al Pacino and Joe Pesci well, did. The weirdest thing about The Irishman is that it shows up a lot on this list. It dominates it because we had so many powerful very strong mainstay actors. We had people come out of retirement for this like I mean Joe exactly. Pesci. Uh, speak, speaking of which, uh, did you did you hear that Martin Scorsese was originally going to produce uh, the Joker? You know, that actually would not have surprised me. Uh, I feel like he probably just read the source material and how it was going. And maybe he didn't have Joaquin Phoenix in mind. But it's like, oh, this is just a reboot of uh, a King of Comedy. I don't even want to do this. Well, here's the thing. like, He wasn't going to direct. He was going to produce. Although Todd Phillips stepped in to direct. See, that's surprising that he really stepped up as a director. Right. Coming and from the Hangover movies. Right. And... 
that is a that is a very good transition from like comedy to a much more serious movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, but uh, Bradley Cooper, who voiced Rocket Raccoon, also produced the Joker movie as well. Oh yeah. Everyone's connected. Everyone's doing everything together. We might want to move on to our next category right. if we actually <laughs> want to make this right. shorter than th- 30 hours or something like uh, that. Yeah, or 30 minutes. Or 30 minutes. Say. So anyway, uh, since we did mention Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Brad Pitt won, won Best Supporting Actor in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, absolutely. He was a great companion. He made... Uh, opening up a can of dog food, interesting. I know, so right? <laughs> I don't know how you could not have given <laughs> it to him. Especially, uh, especially the final, final battle between, especially his final battle. He against that, that the last uh, Manson clan. Yeah, yes, it's because here's the thing. Whenever, whenever, a th- whenever Quentin Tarantino directs a film that is based on real life history, you know there's going to be some changes because you want to know why. Mm-hmm. Because most of Tarantino's films are set in an alternate timeline. Oh, absolutely. And they're well known for their cartoonish real-life violence. Exactly. And considering how much suspense the entire movie built up and how comfortable it actually made you, right. when it finally hit, honestly, it was almost extremely <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> and I've seen, like, Kill Bill, where there's literally gallons of blood. And I that's don't know. I've seen... Ki- I, I seen uh, I seen parts of Kill Bill. I've seen uh, The Hateful Eight. Right, right. And, That's uh, another good one too. I I also seen parts of Pulp Fiction. Speaking of which, uh, Pulp Fiction also won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay back in 1994. It was a good movie. That I was a good movie. That same year, Forrest Gump came out that year too. Oh, oh so many good movies. Speaking Sir. of Forrest Gump, actor Tom Hanks was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood as Mr. Rogers. Oh, absolutely. I wish I had seen that movie. It looks so good. I love that movie. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood was a great movie. And uh, I actually watched some episodes of Mr. Rogers when I was growing growing up. And they actually played some episodes of Mr. Rogers on on PBS Kids. When I when I was little, it's very harmless content. I know, I know. But not only that, this show, the show Mister Rogers Rogers Neighborhood, came out in the 1960s, something like that. It, it came out a very long before time ago. our time. That's all that matters. I know, I know. But hey, but hey. I, I think Marielle Styles did a very good job. Mary Styles Heller, the director of this movie, did a very interesting job, don't you think? I think so, too. She, did, capturing a, the she did a ni- nice job on that film. The story of Mr. Rogers, how good-hearted he was. Yes, and and I know, I know, I know Tom Hanks didn't win this award, but hey, he put up a good performance as Mr. Rogers. Hey, he had a win in Toy Story 4. Come on, someone else well, had to win. True, true, yes, yes, Toy Story 4. One best animated feature film. So there wasn't a, a lot of con- a lot of strong contenders, as I would call it, for the movie. Really, right? It was either going to go to Klaus, Missing Link, or Toy Story Four, or How to Train Your Dragon Three, which was also <laughs> nominated. <laughs> and I lost my body. Both of I lost my body and How to Train Your Dragon Three seemed like interesting ones, but I. Just looking at like box office receipts and critical reception, I felt like they were probably going to be pushed to the side because Klaus had a very interesting, and it actually innovated an entire new animating style, mm-hmm. and Missing Link is stop motion. People love that. I know, right? Speaking of, stu- and speaking of stop motion, Wallace and Grohman's also won in 2005 or four for uh, 
for was best the, animated feature film. Was it the Were Bunny one? Yes, the Were Rabbit. Were Rabbit. Any, so uh, any any anyway. Uh, so so anyway. Uh, well, 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 see, it seems that we're neglecting our actresses, though they oh, might also prefer the actor. Right. Before and we move on. Also, to it. also, you mentioned Laura Dern. At the at the start, Laura Dern won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in Marriage Story, yes. beating out uh, contenders like Scarlett Johansson, Kathy Bates, uh, Margot Robbie, and Florence. Uh, Florence Pugh. Okay, yeah. For for Little yeah. Woman, a movie that I did not Little see w- on principle. I thought, was, I thought it was Little Women. Little Woman. Was it? Is that really? Okay. Little man. Little, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> an, so anyway so anyway uh. Actually, uh, those films, uh, ri- those films, Richard Jewell, Marriage Story, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, Little Woman, and Bombshell. I have not seen those films. See, I saw a little bit of Jojo Rabbit. I just didn't end up seeing it in theaters. Uh, it was not. I didn't have that call to action moment, mm-hmm. though. I really wanted to see it. It was supposed to be a stylized uh, timepiece about children growing up with like Hitler Youth in World War Two. So basically, yeah, I mean, wasn't was it this one was a satire, right? It, oh, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was made by uh, Taika Watiti, who also made Thor Ragnarok. Right, exactly. Speaking of which, he played Korg in Thor Ragnarok. Very nice. And speaking of which, Taika Watiti won the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. Ooh, you're making me flip through my notes here, sir. I know, I know. <laughs> yes, Jojo Rabbit may have been snubbed, and by some people might say, by Best Supporting Actress, but it did win for Best Adapted Screenplay. Yes, and uh, since we're on, since since we are also on the subject subject of screenplay, Parasite won screenplay. Mm-hmm. Best Original Screenplay. You're going to hear Parasite a lot more throughout I, this podcast. I know, right? I know. Now, first of all, first of all. First of all, I had uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood winning for Best Screenplay. Now, this one was a thought. This one's a thought. I thought mm-hmm. that one would win because knowing Quentin Tarantino, he does write a lot of good good stories. Oh, absolutely. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to bring in the new people. You got to bring in our international crowd. Parasite did wonderful at the box office. Only cost $11.7 million to make, and you could not even tell. It's that innovative Korean filmmaking. We're seeing a lot of interesting movies coming out of South Korea. Mm -hmm. That is huge filmmaking right there for South Korea. I mean, you gotta give them points. They they just made one of the greatest films of all time. Mm -hmm. If you ever get the opportunity, I would also suggest watching Old Boy, another very good South Korean movie. I will put that on my list. The way that the Asian cinema is very interesting in how efficient it is. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like how they used to do it in classic. It's kind of just strung together, but you would never be able to tell because of how efficient and on top of their game everyone is. It's kind of like, what do you call it, the 80s. Right. In the right. U.S. and Hollywood, where people mm-hmm. were just kind of pulling it together, like Ghostbusters, that was just lightning in a bottle. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And uh, and oh, wait, wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on a second. We already did. Even though we already did uh, supporting actress, don't forget about lead, the lead actress. Yes, we can't forget them. Because Renee Zellweg, Zellweger. Zellweger. Renee Zellweger won, won the Oscar for Judy. Yes. A movie I didn't see the trailer for, d- wasn't interested in, and she won, so good for her. Yes. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I did not see that movie, but she did won the Golden Globe for that, too. So, mm-hmm. basically, so basically, 
so basically, it's sim- so basically. Oh, I'm certain it's a good movie. I oh, just, no, 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 no. I, I, I hear it's a great I movie. I can't watch. I, I just am not interested in the slightest. Because uh, because th- that movie, Judy, is based off of Judy, Gar- Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. My brother might be more into it. He's a Waz fanatic. Ah, okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so anyway, she had competition with uh, Charlie Theron, who was nominated for who was nominated for uh, Bombshell. Mm-hmm. Th- that which was also the same goes for Margot Robbie and supporting actress as well. Now that was a good movie. Did you see Bombshell? I have not seen Bombshell. We'll, 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 we're going to get to the point. Bombshell did win an Oscar at some point, but when we do get best to it, I, I'd like best makeup. I'd like to talk about it for a bit. Sure, sure. And any, anyway, uh, I know I'm pretty sure we already mentioned uh, best animated feature film. Yes. And since we did mention Paris Parasite, Parasite won for best best international film. Yes, they won for best international film. They were up the name. The name itself was actually best foreign language film. Yes, so best international feature film, as it's been called, they were up against Corpus Christi, which Mm -hmm. was made by Jan Kamasa of Poland fame, Honeyland, which had three directors, the French version of Les Miserables. I wonder if it's any better, and Pain and Glory by Pedro Almodovar, which was for Spain. Almodovar. There we go. Very, very impressive. Anyway, oh. so anyway, not only did uh, Parasite won won for best international film, but it also became the first non-English film to win best picture. Oh yeah, a lot of other com- a lot of other films have come close, and of course we uh, blew it a little bit quickly with the whole best picture thing. But right. Parasite has so many Oscars that it did right, win. Right, it did. It, it, it won in almost every single topic that it was nominated for. Especially Best Director. Being out uh, Todd Phillips for The Joker, Taika Waititi for uh, Jojo Rabbit, mm-hmm. and uh, and Sam Mendes for 1917. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to see a lot more of Bong Joon-ho. Mm-hmm. Because he, he's going to become, I think, a really competent and interesting director. He already has a lot of fans starting to congregate towards him. He oh might become right. like a Guillermo right. del Toro. That is true. That's what happened that with Pan's true. Labyrinth. Yes. And uh, so anyway, but anyway, anyway uh, let's talk about Bombshell for a little bit. But for best makeup. So makeup and hairstyles. It was up against Joker, Judy, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, nineteen in nineteen seventeen. So Bombshell tells the story of the Fox News anchors, or like the Foxy mm-hmm. Fox News anchors. Right. Essentially, it tells the story of the Me Too movement that was going on in Fox. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Now you this m- one, now this one, this is this one's with Charlize Theron and Margot Robbie. Right, right. And then I believe there's one other woman that we're forgetting that also was on the poster for it. I might have forgot. I think I forgot who who. But history will not forget her, right, so it's right. important. It tells the story of uh, Fox News anchors. Now it's told in a very ba- interesting biopic way, kind of in the same uh, format as like a Rocket Man or a Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. It's not a musical, right? It's not a but, musical, but it's a biopic. So it follows their story essentially of how they came to just go up against the man and challenge Fox News and say, you know what, I do not like the way that you are sexually objectifying me. And right. it's a very empowering movie. Mm-hmm. I actually quite liked it, even though I am a man. <laughs> well, anyway, if I get a chance to see this movie, I, I will give it a shot. And Absolutely. Speaki- speaking of Rocket Man, uh, Rocket Man was the only film to be nominated, nominated and won the Oscar for Best Original Song. Yes, yes. It, ha- it was up against Toy Story 4, uh, Breakthrough, Frozen 2, and Harriet. 
Uh, Elton John and Bernie Toppin work together on I'm Gonna Love Me Again. It's Rocket Man. Exactly. Rocketed to the top. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I hear that song is very good. See, I thought it was going to be Frozen 2 again, but after the whole Let Me Go thing, I guess that's just payback against Disney. Well, anyway, that, fil- that film, Frozen 2, got snubbed for Best Animated Feature Film. No, it was definitely prettier than the first one. Now, here's the thing. That, that was a, that, it was prettier than the first film, but the tone itself really took me by surprise. I didn't know what to expect it, but the, from the way of how the trailer was set yes. up and the film, it literally exceeded it, it my probably expectations. I think it was one of the situations where, again, it goes back to the politics of the Oscars. We can't have more than one Disney film, even though Toy Story 4 is Pixar. Right. Pixar is owned by Disney, and at this point, it's being animated by Disney. Right, exactly. It's I know. Disney. So I know, it's Disney. But last year, don't forget, last year, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won Best Animated Feature Film. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. That's that, a good one. That is a great movie. I, you know what? I didn't appreciate Miles Morales as Spider-Man until I saw that movie. But at least the storyline was great. Oh yeah. Any, but any, anyway, uh, are we missing any? Are we missing anything? We're, uh, we're missing a couple substantial ones, so we'll just what talk about, through them real quick. What about? Okay, so I did mention Star Wars being nominated, being nominated. But yes, anyway, uh, n- I think 1917 won a sound award too. Did it win a sound award? Well, or we'll, was we'll it go Ford through. Ferrari? We'll go through the awards that uh, 1917 won if you want, because yeah. that actually would be fun. Yeah. They won cinematography. Exactly, up cinematography. That up against the Irishman, the Joker, the Lighthouse. I feel like the Lighthouse should have won that one, but we'll leave it at that. Right. We're running out of time here. Roger Deakins won. He was a cinematographer for that movie. He won mm-hmm. the award for 1917. Right. 1917 also won an Oscar for... Visual effects. Visual effects. Beating out Avengers Endgame. Now, I was surprised. I thought the VFX wizards over at Avengers Endgame would have won people at Disney. But then again, maybe that's one of those situations where it doesn't matter how much money you throw at it. Right, exactly. But but anyway, as long as you tell a good story. As long as you tell a good story. I mean, it was a good story, right? Well, yeah, 19 oh, Avengers Endgame was a really interesting story. It was a culmination of 10 years in the making. Right, exactly. And, but 1917 just had a visual aesthetic that was very practical. That was very practical. And it was the efficiency of it that I think really right. wo- wowed the Oscar crowd. Mm-hmm. And then 1917 did win one other award. It was not sound design. It was sound mixing. Yeah, sound mixing. I thought it was one of the, it was one of the sound awards. But because yes. here's the thing, Ford versus Ferrari won an Oscar for for uh, sound, for sound editing, editing and yes. then it also won for best film editing. Yes. That was that was a movie I'm sad I didn't watch. Yeah. I actually seen that I, I seen that film. It was a, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting film. Well, I'm certain. But sound mixing straightforward. That went to Mark Taylor and Stuart Wilson. Yeah. Very good for them. They worked on 1917. A very interesting movie. A lot of progressive uh, what do you call it? Progressive bars, right? Exactly. In the way that it's all just formed together, and it works very well mm-hmm. for the aesthetic of it too. And then uh, empty yeah. and dreading. Yeah, and exactly. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, anyway, oh, and even though we kind of did went over the musical score, I mean, ri- best original music, best original song. We can but go over original score. The original score for the first time in for the first time in film history. Went to a comic book it movie. It went to a comic book movie for the first ever female composer, Hildor Guiano Dortier, an Icelandic composer and cello player, won the Oscar for Best Original Score in The Joker. That is an accent on a letter I have never seen in my life before. She is uh, Icel- she is Icelandic. 
Icelandic. That that explains the name. But yes, the Joker and his revised tones and the uh, Charlie Chaplin music that we took from it too. Right, exactly. That was so good. Mm-hmm. The music absolutely helped carry that story, right. especially the last twenty minutes. Yes, it does. Wonderful yeah. film, wonderful score as well. Wonderful film and score. And anyway, uh, do do we production design and costuming? Production design and costuming. Because I know it one of the one of those categories went to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won for costuming. Let me see. What's the name of that wonderful, wonderful person that put all that work and effort yes. into uh, making it look like a 1970s street? <laughs> or 1969, That's I should 1969. say. 1969. Ah, I will say on the cusp of it. <laughs> you know, in, uh, in interviews, Quentin Tarantino said that he designed the aesthetic of the movie based off of the uh, purview of a young Quentin Tarantino oh. in the back of his parents' car. <laughs> really, yeah. huh? Yeah, he used to lie down in the back of his uh, parents' old, I have no idea, name a 70s car here. Yeah. And he would look out the windows, and whatever he saw, that's what he remembers of the 70s. <laughs> and his parents would ride around. So he, he really mastered the aesthetic for it. But that went to... Barbara Ling and Nancy Haig. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Ling did the design, and decoration was by Nancy Haig. Yeah. Good for them. And then uh, who won the costuming? Uh? For costuming, I believe, I could have sworn that went to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well, but let me see. It's been, it's been 10 days. you think we would have uh, figured it out. Yeah. Now, right? Yeah. I let forgot. I mean, we'll just double check one second. Right. And... Uh, thought it went to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought uh, of design, d- design, uh, design decoration. Design and decoration. Oh, that that gets uh, no, it's right underneath it. Okay, it went to Little Woman. Oh, that's why I don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, come on, come on. Hey, I mean, hey, give give them, hey, g- give them credit, give them credit. They, they I thought the they had Oscar pretty. They, they, they yes. Not to, <laughs> me- not to mention Greta Ger- Greta Ger- Greta Ger- Gerwig. Greta, Greta Gerwig. Gerwig was also nominated for best director for best director and, and also best picture too. She right. was the uh, only female director that was on that list, but still, still I'm glad she got it. Good mm-hmm. for her. Oh yes, uh, good, good for her. Jacqueline Duran was in charge of costuming for that movie. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. I believe the only thing we're missing out on now is uh, the documentary category, oh which I've yes. seen none of them. <laughs> uh, which film won for best documentary? That was American Factory by, uh, brought to you by Stephen Bognar and Julia Reichardt. Something that you can actually see right now if you have a Netflix subscription. Sadly, I don't have Netflix. <laughs> All I have is Disney Plus. Right, I believe it's all about factory farming and why cow farts are turning the ozone layer into gas vapors. <laughs> yep. It's wonderful stuff. And then it was up against The Cave, The Edge of Democracy for Sama, and Honeyland, which and was also nominated for Best International right. Picture. And then, like, there's a, there's a, isn't there a Best Documentary short? There's a Best Documentary short, which was won by Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone If You're a Girl by Carol Dissinger. Impressive. Yes. <laughs> Impressive. And, you could spe- say and speaking of short, uh, short hair. Or is that what it's called? Short hair? No, it's called Hair Love. Oh, Hair Love. Okay. Yes. My bad. My bad. Okay. Hair Love won, won the best animated feature short. Yes. Best animated feature short went to Hair Love. I believe it premiered before. Was it a Pixar film or a Sony film? Sony. Before a Sony film. Uh, wonderful short story. A lot of 
socially progressive messages, mm-hmm. very diverse as well, promoted the love of someone and who you are naturally. Yep, exactly. Yep, exactly. So any anyway, is that did we cover everything? I believe we covered everything. Now, uh, do you have any predictions or any hopes for the next Oscar season? I am not. Re- I am not really. I am not really sure. Although uh, so far, uh, Birds of Prey just came out last week, and then uh, this uh, this uh, this Valentine's Day, Sonic the Hedgehog is also coming out. Oh God! <laughs> I hope that one wins an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> well, since it, well, if they fixed the desi- since they fi- fixed the that's design, that's true. They that they did reanimate the movie, so who knows? So yeah. So any anyway. Oh, by the way. Uh, anyway. Uh, any, anyway, to also to to end, uh, we sadly lost some amazing, great, and talented filmmakers, actors, singers, writers, directors, celebrities, celebrities, back in 2019. Who brought in dedication, talent, and hard work to the big and small screen? And now, uh, I mean, it's a lot to say, but I will list out some of the people. So, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, Kirk Douglas, Rip Torn, Luke Perry, Cameron Boyce, John Witherspoon, Peter Fonda, Peter Mayhew, Richard Williams, John Singleton, among many great filmmakers, actors, singers, directors, writers. You will be missed. The room always feels the most empty when uh, the creatives leave. I know. Yeah, Rip Torrent. He's been in a lot of really interesting movies, especially, especially Men in Black. Well, towards the end of his career as well, he did a lot of really interesting cult mm-hmm. classics. I don't know if you ever seen the movie Freddy Got Fingered. I have not seen that film. No, I know it sounds weird, but it's got Tom Green from that Social Zeitgeist. Right. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, speaking of Kobe Bryant, I also did a uh, short film review of Dear Basketball, which I did about a couple of weeks ago. So you guys can go check that out as well. Absolutely. So uh, anyway, uh, Cameron Boyce was a very young actor. He played. Uh, he was he was in the Disney Channel show called Jesse. He played uh, Luke in that show. He also played one of Adam Sandler's sons in both grown-ups films. And he also played the son of Corella DeVille in in all three Descendants movies. Yes. It really sucks when people uh, just lose out on a wonderful career. Yep. And it just gets cut very short because he could have matured into a very interesting actor. A lot of people that definitely do the the DCOM family movies... Mm -hmm usually tend to expand, spread their wings, and do some interesting things. Right, they do very interesting things, too. But anyway, uh, Peter Fonda will will be missed as well. He, and uh, Peter Mayhew, who played uh, Chuba- Chub- Chewbacca. Chewbacca, yes. Will, will also be missed, be missed as well. Luke Perry from, uh, from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he had a small role in that film, which was his very last film before he passed away. Yes. And then he wasn't he in Riverside or Riverdale? Luke Perry? I don't completely know off the top of my head. One of the, or one of those shows. I, I, I We don't have the privilege that the audience has and that being ex- access to Google. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I don't know. I know. Anyway. So uh, anyway, and Kirk Douglas was a, was a, was another one that came out was what was another was another one. That was just probably about a few days before the Oscars. Kirk Douglas, he was a great actor. His son yes. Michael Douglas is also another great actor as well. He yes. and to this day, Michael Douglas is still doing films to this day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, uh and John Singleton, John Singleton uh, directed Boys in the Hood? Yep. He did he did he did that as well. He did that as well. So anyway, and John Witherspoon and John Witherspoon 
John Witherspoon. He played the the dad in fr- in Friday and Friday Friday, the, with Ice Cube, Ice Cube and Chris Tucker, John Witherspoon. I wish I'd seen that movie. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, I know there's a lot of other people to, a lot of other people to remember. But anyway, but anyway, rest in peace to rest in peace to. Rest in peace to all of you amazing filmmakers, actors, singers, directors. Mm-hmm. You will be you will be missed, but you will not you will not be forgotten. Absolutely. Anyway, anyway, and there there you have it, folks. That is my uh, review, or our, our or should I say our review our of review. this year's <laughs> Oscars. Randall, what do you think? Uh, I feel like this is probably the most fair Oscar we've Oscars we've had in a very long time. It's really interesting. We're mm-hmm. making ground right here with the uh, South Korean film actually winning the Oscars. Yes. So I'm very excited to see where films will go in the future. We're starting to see a lot of really interesting original movies starting yeah. oh, to take yes. the limelight yes, as well. Me, yes. And I only have high hopes in seeing what's going to happen now that the uh, Let's say the the tower of superhero movies is starting to come down just a bit, so we're going right. to see some newer properties start to prosper and do yeah. well. Yes, and maybe some superhero movies may go into a much more serious direction too. Absolutely, like the, jo- like the Joker. Absolutely. A- anyway, uh, thank you all for tuning in to Kodo's Cinema, a- and and once again, I'm your host Mark Kodo. Have a ni- have a wonderful have a wonderful day. Have a happy fa- have a happy Valentine's Day. And have a good weekend. Stay warm out there. I know. I know we got a lot of snow out there today. But anyway, stay stay warm. Have a good Valentine's Day weekend. Once again, I'm your host, Mark Cotto. And I've been Randall Becker. Thank you all for tuning in. And tune in. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Cotto's Cinema. Bye.